Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll pick up tonight in Exodus chapter 12. Father, we thank you this evening for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we have opportunity to close out this day in the house of the living God. Thank you for these that are here this evening. We do pray that uh, you would be with our children and our youth as they study the word of God. We thank you for the grace of uh, the, uh, in the opportunity to worship you this morning. And we do pray that you would guide us into all truth and wisdom tonight. For these that have been mentioned, we lift them up to you. We ask that you would intervene and restore those that need restoration. And then for those that continue, Lord, to await surgeries, we pray for them. Uh, we think of Mike again this week, that you'd abide and be with him, be with uh, Dixon, uh, be with um, uh, Pat Preston, so many others, Lord, the families that are in bereavement, families that we have added, uh, the situation, Lord Jesus, that uh, is uh, disturbing in the Middle East. We do pray for, uh, we pray for clarity on both, uh, with both parties, but we pray for for the uh, suffering of Christians, and we ask that uh, you would uh, uh, answer our prayers on their behalf this evening. In Jesus' name we make this prayer. Amen. All right. So, uh, Tim, if you would go back one slide. I'm, I should have started on the previous slide, but uh, go back one slide. <clears throat> All right, thank you. So chapter 11 is a continuation of chapter 10, and in chapter 11 we have the, the, um, the Lord announcing to Moses and through Moses to Pharaoh the 10th plague, which we'll, we, have, uh, we know today as the Passover and all of the, the ramifications that follow uh, what occurred at midnight on that particular very fateful night. Uh, verse 10 says, So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. So nine plagues, obviously, that came from the hand of the Lord. And you would think that after listening to and experiencing the nine plagues that when the tenth plague is announced that <laughs> Pharaoh would uh, be somewhat wiser than he was previously, but we find out that obviously he wasn't. His, his heart remained hard. Um, he was an unbeliever to the end, and it eventually cost uh, him uh, his, uh, his firstborn as well. So uh, one of the commentaries, uh, a man by the name of Thomas says, the nine plagues can now be seen as a whole. In other words, they were, even though they were individual, the Lord used them to accomplish his purpose, not only in the life of Pharaoh, in the life of the Egyptians, but in the life of the Israelis as well. And he wrote, they touched every phase of nature, uh, the mineral, the animal, the vegetable, the human, everything. They affected persons, they affected property, they included all from the highest to the lowest, and we're told of that in Scripture. The, the grace of God is non-discriminatory. 
but so is the wrath of God. And sometimes I think that uh, our thought is that we deserve the grace of God, but not so much his wrath. Well, that's part and parcel of what the Lord uh, has taught us through his scripture. So we're told, again, that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Four times in these first, in these first few uh, chapters of the book of Exodus, uh, God hardened his heart. And also we're told that Pharaoh hardened his heart. So the conclusion is both of these are true. And it, uh, we arrive now at a point to where uh, he, his heart is so uh, far from God that he does not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Next slide, if you would, brother. <clears throat> so all of Egypt, interestingly enough, even his uh, magicians and his soothsayers, are believers now, uh, which is very, very interesting that uh, even folks that uh, perhaps were not in the, uh, um, uh, in the government of Egypt at that time understood what had taken place, and they were persuading or trying to persuade Pharaoh to uh, listen to what's going on. So we come to chapter 12, and chapter 12 we read uh, the last time we met, and it's a, it's a long chapter about about 51 verses. We'll not read through it again tonight. But the word Passover comes from a word meaning Pascha, or from uh, the word Pascha, and it means literally what it, uh, how we read it today, Passover. Uh, it, is, it continues to this day among Orthodox and Hasidic and very conservative Hebrew people. Uh, it is generally celebrated the uh, Friday before we celebrate Easter. And there, there are solar uh, events that take place during this time that, that focus with that timing every single year. That's one of the reasons that could be as early as the third Sunday in March or as late as the third or fourth Sunday in April. It has to do with the position of the, uh, of the moon during that time of year. We are told in verse 1 of chapter 12, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. So that calendar is not a Julian calendar. It's not a Gregorian calendar. It's not uh, the calendar that most of the earth follows today. So it is a, a different calendar, something like the Chinese calendar, which is not, even though they follow what we would uh, see as a Gregorian calendar today. Uh, the Hebrews and the Chinese and others have different days that they celebrate. And so this particular month and this beginning of the year then changes. It could be as early as perhaps the 15th, 16th of March. Could be as late as April the 20th or so. So a period of about 30 days. And their calendars reflect this, and so that's one of the things that differentiates um, the Hebrew people from you and I. So what happens here? We're told in this passage of Scripture, verse uh, 3, uh, the Lord tells Moses, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, 
and say on the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father and a lamb for a household and if the household is too small for the lamb let him uh, him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons according to each man's need you shall make your account for the lamb your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year you may take it from the sheep or from the goats and now you shall keep it unto the fourteenth day of the same month Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight they shall take some of the blood put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat they shall eat the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs uh, they shall eat it don't eat it raw don't boil it, but roast it, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with the belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. Now, uh, as we see here, and again, a lot of detail, I've mentioned this several times. When we get to the book of Leviticus, <clears throat> Moses goes into more detail about the Passover lamb. So this is the, the, uh, the predecessor for all of the ceremonial law that is instituted from Sinai, not just the Ten Commandments. And we'll learn that as we get to chapters 19 and 20 and the following chapters in the book of Exodus. We tend to think that the, the Lord gave Moses the Ten Commandments on the mountain and that was all he gave him. No, he gave him very detailed instructions as to what he expects of his people. And that applies today. The Lord tells us how to worship him and that's found here in the scriptures. So we're told that the... Uh, the destroyer. Look, if you would. Um, let's see. Uh, where is the word? It's, he is mentioned, the destroyer, which is another name for the Holy Spirit, is mentioned in uh, chapter 12, toward the end of chapter 12. I know I read it before. Verse 23. All right. Yeah, not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. So you may want to circle that because that is another name for the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't cover that often. In fact, uh, in teaching of the Holy Spirit, uh, I don't think that I've perhaps ever mentioned it, but it is a name of the Holy Spirit, the destroyer. And this is what we see here, that uh, those that uh, consistently rebel against the Lord at some point in time it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. That's the destroyer. So the Lord, because of the Lamb, passes over the Pasach, the firstborn of Israel. We see that in verses 12 through 17 here in chapter 12. And this results in the Israelites' deliverance from slavery in Egypt. Now this is a remarkable thing. This generation of Israelites and generations before had never known freedom. It would be as if you and I, who have known freedom, were placed under some type of uh, martial law and those, uh, those uh, freedoms would be removed. 
So this is unique. They are a free people, uh, answerable to Yahweh. And as we go through the remaining chapters of the book of Exodus, they don't act very much. Sometimes they act like a very free people, and sometimes they still act like they are slaves. So that we need to remember. So the institution of the Passover is celebrated on the 14th day of the first month, Abib, or Nisan. And the Exodus story here begins with the institution of, of what we know as uh, the Passover. Tenth plague was the death of all the firstborn, human and animal. So here he talks about lambs. These were the ones that, were, that remained under the care of the Hebrew people. The Egyptians would not have had any. So here the, the animals that had been taken previously by the plagues from the Egyptians, the Lord now demands that the Hebrews kill some of the only remaining animals left in Egypt. And to me, that is astounding. But he does that for the imagery of the great Passover lamb in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, he kills the firstborn of Egypt, the animals as well as the humans, and as long as the, as the Hebrews properly followed Moses' instructions. That's important. This was a test of the Hebrews as well as the ten plagues that were a test of the Egyptians. Next slide. <clears throat> so, we're told that the 10th plague also is going to be uh, at midnight. The ninth plague has been that of darkness, and now on midnight, at midnight on a particular day, uh, this, the destroyer is going to pass through Egypt and slay the firstborn of every Egyptian family. Uh, the blood was a sign. We talked about the blood this morning. Oh, how people want a bloodless religion. And there are literally hundreds or thousands of bloodless religions. But the one that we subscribe to from Scripture is one that, that where it is commanded that blood be, blood be let. So... They are to be ready to depart at a moment's notice. We find that in verse uh, uh, 11. And then the Lord says, we're going to pass through the land. We're going to kill all the firstborn of the, of the Egyptians. And the blood, when I see the blood, he says, in the middle of verse 13, I will pass over you. So they were instructed to observe the Passover on a particular time and to commemorate it every year. The Lord Jesus commemorated it every year from his infancy all the way through just hours before his death. So he was obedient to his father's direction. Next slide, brother. <clears throat> so there are numerous, and we'll look at a few of these, 
And uh, then we'll close with this tonight because, uh, it, uh, again, it's, it's very in, in, uh, involved. There are Old Testament observances, uh, observations rather, uh, of the Passover. And they're found all the way through the historical books in the Old Testament. So just look at a couple of these. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9. Now this is the record of the second Passover. The one we have in Exodus is the first one. So what we see in Numbers 9 is a year past the first one. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying that the children of Israel keep the Passover as it is appointed on time. He goes through what he's already told them in the book of Exodus. It is very interesting that we are a a uh, people that lack memory. We're selective in our memory. And so the Lord constantly reminds these people, you to do it this way. You're not to do it the way you want to. You're to do it this way. And you're to commemorate this for your children. So they keep the Passover, and there are, there are certain... Uh, uh, legal issues that are added to this particular uh, incident that uh, takes place here in Numbers chapter 9. Look at Joshua chapter 5. Verse 10, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal, Kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And then a beautiful passage. They ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on that very same day. And then the manna ceased. On the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So, by this time, at least 40, if not 41, 42, Passovers had been celebrated. But it's commemorated here in the book of Joshua. Look at 2 Kings chapter 23. Josiah is the king. Josiah was a young king when he assumed uh, the throne of Judah. And one of the first things that he did was he tore down the high places. He had the reading of the law. And then verse 21, the king commanded all the people saying, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant, the book of uh, Exodus. And he says, uh, Such a Passover surely had never been held since the days of the judges who judged Israel nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, but in the 18th year. That means David and Solomon. So during the time of the judges, when Israel was at its lowest spiritual point, they forgot 
or they neglected the Passover. Josiah, in the discovery of uh, uh, the Word and the study of the Word during this particular time, he institutes the Passover again. It is interesting that for that period of time, several hundred years, Israel had nothing but trouble. Second uh, Chronicles. This is Hezekiah. And in uh, verse 1, Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord of Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his leaders and all the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover in the second month. They could not keep it at the regular time because of a sufficient number of priests had not consecrated themselves nor had the people gathered together at Jerusalem. And all of this consecration is mentioned in the book of Leviticus. Um, and then turn to Ezra. We'll skip over the other one. But Ezra, chapter 8, chapter 6, I'm sorry. Now, by the time you get to the book of Ezra, this is way past the major prophets. It's past the time of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. It is past the time of Daniel. And so now there's a rediscovery of the books of the law. And in verse 19, the descendants of the captivity kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. But the priests and the Levites had purified themselves. All of them were ritually clean. And they slaughtered the Passover lambs for all the descendants of the captivity, for their brethren, the priests, and for themselves. Ezra is a period of time where some of the captives of Assyria and Babylon came back to the land. And so then the children of Israel who had returned from the captivity ate together with all who had separated themselves from the filth of the nations of the land in order to seek the Lord God of Israel. And they kept the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is on the Passover. The Lord made them joyful, turned the heart of the king of Assyria toward them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. So all the way through, there are some periods of time where it wasn't observed, but when the people were... Um, had a passion for the Lord, they held the Passover. So uh, th there are a number of passages that I've got listed in that second bullet, some of which we've already covered. Uh, and the biblical narrative of these makes a point emphasizing how unusual the observance of the Passover was throughout Israel's history. It wasn't consistent. And so these are some of the references, and we've uh, read a few of these uh, in, uh, in our hearing tonight. So we read from Numbers 9, the first five verses. It records that the Israelites observed the Passover one year after leaving Egypt, and it was the first official Passover that functioned as a commemoration of the Exodus event. 
we uh, believe are not told in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, it mentions some of what is required, but I don't know that we're told that they held it consistently in their journeys. Although, as long as Moses was alive, uh, they probably did. So that's just a, sort of an overview of the Passover. And then next Sunday night, we'll start to look at the, the event itself. Any comments or questions? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the Arneon. You are the pet lamb of God. You're the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Not just sins of a scapegoat, not just sins of uh, an individual family, but the sins of the world. What a remarkable imagery we see here in the book of Exodus carried through the Old Testament into the New Testament. Remind us that through what you instituted uh, several thousand years before Jesus himself gave himself as a sacrifice remains today as we commemorate the Lord's Supper to commemorate the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lamb of God in whose name we pray.